You know, I've, I've had an epiphany, Ari, about... I was talking to my daughter, who's 10 years old, and you know she was she was frustrated with uh, some things going on at school, and why does she have to do this? Why does she why does she have to do that? And uh, you know, I, I explained to her something that just kind of became an epiphany to me because it was so it was a truth, and I wanted to share with her. I said, "Sweetie, 95% of the things I do every day are things I don't want to be doing." Okay. Only really 5% of the stuff that you, that's, that's what gets you going. 5%, whether that's watching TV or uh, for me, writing a book, I like writing. Um, for a songwriter, obviously writing songs, being creative one way or the other. But most of the time, I would say 90 to 95% of the time, you're doing things that you don't really want to be doing. What do I mean by that? I mean, obviously, like you and I go to work, right? We do our work stuff. Uh, if we're not actually working, then we're trying to get more work one way or the other. Um, and I'm not even talking about things that you have to do, like brushing your teeth, going to the bathroom, um, going to sleep. You know, that's not necessarily, these are things that you, you, you must do that, you know, you might want to, you might enjoy sleep because you, you're simply tired. But those are functional things. But in terms of actually doing something that you truly want to do, I mean, it's, it's really small. Even, even let's say you plan a great skiing vacation. Okay, and the idea is to go skiing, right? That's, that's what you want to do. And it's just you and a buddy, or, or just you for that matter. Most of the time, you're not skiing, right? You, you think about that. Uh, you, you, you go, you drive up. That's not fun, for, at least from here, let's say, to Mammoth or, or uh, Tahoe. That's a five to six-hour drive. And there's a lot of hassle associated with that, getting gas, putting on chains, you know, making sure to, to avoid uh, traffic and traffic accidents. And then you got to find the lodging, and then you sleep there, and then you get your breakfast, and then you got to you go you go get yourself processed at the ski lodge with the uh, the ski lift. And if you brought your own skis, okay, well you have to lug that as well. If you didn't get your own skis, we have to rent some skis. It's, there's a lot of process involved. And then you get on the ski lift. Ah, but you're not you're not you're still not doing what you want to do, right? Now you're just riding up the ski lift to so that you could eventually go down. Then you get to go down the hill. Okay, you're having a good time. All right, that lasts all of, depending on the, on the ski run, anywhere between you know, a couple of minutes to uh, 20 minutes. Okay, that's, that's about a typical run. And then you, got, then you might get a couple more runs and you're done, right? But the, the actual weekend that you spend there, assuming that it's a weekend, it's very little skiing itself. There's a lot of process. So even that is a good example of what I'm talking about. Very little of it is actually skiing. And in the day, and that's a fun weekend. That's where you really get away. When, when and people come back to you, you, you come back to the office and you say, what, you know, people ask you, what did you do this weekend? I went skiing. I had a great time. Well, in reality, yes, you went skiing, but only 5% of the time were you actually skiing. And then work day. At best. At best. At, at best. best. Exactly right. Yeah. And uh, you and I, are, we're working today, or I've got a lot of clients, you know, I, I try to make it interesting for myself, for sure. Don't get me wrong. And I, I, I try to make it engaging for myself, interesting and all those things. But in reality, I, I would, I, I'd rather be mountain biking, right? Which itself involves its own processing, right? Um, and, or I'd rather be spending time with the kids, which again, involves process. So, you know, why do I bring this up? Because I, I feel like it's, to some extent, it's a conservative versus liberal thing. 
Um, but more importantly, it's a, it's a way of becoming happy. If you really understand that the difference between a, a, somebody who is miserable and somebody who is happy is that the happy person is able to do the things he wants to do uh, five times, five uh, percent of the day, as opposed to one percent of the day, then you really can enjoy it. You can actually seek some happiness out of that, right? I, I find this quite fascinating. So I, I squirrel away time for myself uh, to write. That's my main thing that truly makes me very happy. To teach my kids, that makes me happy too. Spend time with them playing games or whatever it might be. Um, that's, that's the great joy of my life. But it's only about 5%. That's it. <laughs> and when we, when we die, when we, when we ultimately hang up a life, as it were, or life hangs up on us, you know, people remember that 5%. They say, hopefully they'll say Barack Lurie, he was very passionate about, you know, his family. He was very passionate about uh, his writing. He loved God. He loved Judaism. He loved reading about this stuff. That's what I want people to remember. And if they say in, in passing, you know, and he was a great lawyer too, great. Uh, I'll be happy to take that. But that's not the first thing I want out of their mouths. I want them to remember me as a, as a, a man who really enjoyed his kids, enjoyed being with his wife enjoyed being a Jew, enjoyed being an American, and so forth. But it's only 5%. Anyway, it's just a, a very interesting epiphany. What do you think? I think just when we reach the point of this podcast and go, like, like they were in the 1880s and said, well, clearly everything that's ever been invented has been, so what's the point? <laughs> right. You come up with, and I don't think this is a five-minute subject. I think this is clearly the whole hour. Because yeah. it's, this is so granular to the, the very existence of a conservative being, and this goes to the, both the small and the big questions. So you came up with a great subject here. Um, as someone who plays golf and watches football, both activities, let's say, uh, football first. Games are roughly three hours. The actual time that football is being played, nine minutes. Yep, that's right. Nine minutes. Yeah. The ball is actually being advanced one way or the other or different places by the other teams. Everything else is essentially a glorified version of a staff meeting. <laughs> that's true. Okay. That's really right? true. Good point. Golf. About five and a half hours. And that's why I'm saying 5%, uh-uh. Maybe even less. <laughs> much, oh, much less. Yeah. What's, what's 11 minutes out of three hours? Right, right. <laughs> right. Good point. Okay, golf. About a five-hour activity, including travel time. And, the ball is flying in the air probably about four minutes total at most. Mm -hmm. A shot lasts yeah. from the time it's struck to where it stops moving. Oh, Six seconds tops. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Six seconds, let's just time, let's just say it's a round where you shoot the ball 90 times. Six times 90. There you go. That's the total number of seconds. You're actually golfing. <laughs> right? Well, the swing itself is even shorter, right? Because the once you hit the ball. But the right? swing doesn't matter. Yeah. There's a, you're not taking <laughs> joy in the swing. Right. The ball's yeah, yeah. flight reflects whether you did your job well or not. There you go. That's right? Yeah, and you only enjoy the ones you did well <laughs> based on the ball's fingerprint yeah, of yeah. the success. Right? So my point, uh, you're lawyering. Let's just take that for a second. Yeah. I'm sure the ultimate joy of your lawyering 
is that time the verdict is rendered in your favor. Yes. Okay, so you prepare for a case. I'm just going to round it off. Yeah. Just to say it's a short one, six months. The trial is four weeks. Uh, seven months, right, total. Right. Forget all the preamble that the judge takes in his you know, wordy, deliberate uh, thing. The time he goes, win, lose, thumb up, thumb down, what, four seconds? Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? I mean, he, and, yeah. And, and the joy might last, you know, till you have a couple drinks afterwards. But when you have joy like that, there's immediately the postmortem of, oh, God's over. Yeah. Now I have to do another one if I want that again. My point is, it's it, it can't be five percent. It's much less. But the 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 argument, and this is my point, all this of whether or not you base your happiness on these tiny fractions of time, boy, that ain't gonna work. No, you you're can't. either happy or not being you all those other times. That's right. That's, that's what happiness is that's, about. That's the key. Now, so, and you can apply this in many other things. I mean, I like that you use the, the lawyer example, and, and, and I'll get to the law, law thing, then I want to talk about relationships, because it applies equally in, in relationships. Oh, I got seven seconds to have joy once a week in my relationship, <laughs> and I'm sure you can figure All out right, why. All right, so here, here we go. So, <laughs> so the lawyer thing, uh, when, when most people, including myself, when, when I thought about going to law school and becoming a lawyer... You know, you, you imagine yourself up on a, on a podium speaking to the judge or the jury. The and, Court. and you're doing, you know, it's like every, every day you're just, you know, resoundingly preparing for trial and everything else. Uh, let me tell you, the last time I was in trial, an actual trial, and I'm a litigator. That's, that's, we are almost 100% litigation, okay? The last time I was actual trial was three years ago, all right? We've done arbitrations, which is like a, an, like a trial, but it's, it's still different, okay? So... And the reason why is because we're very good chess players. We end up, you know, settling things in a, in a way that we think is very good for our clients. But nevertheless, you don't actually go to trial most of the time. Just like we don't, we're not at war most of the time. Right. I was right? going to say it's the peace through strength thing. Normally, your opponents surrender because of the military you right. got in storage. There. Right. So how yeah. do I how do I invert that? I, I find great joy in being able to settle the case in a way that, to me, is a great victory. I even tell my associates and myself and, and my clients, if you find yourself in trial, it means one of two things. Either we have failed you as your lawyer, we haven't found the path to settlement, or uh, the other side has just been wildly unreasonable, and we just have no choice, and we just can't do it. I mean, you, you, can, you can encourage them to settle, but sometimes they're just really, really irrational. They put themselves in a bad position. And so they, they go to trial as a stroke, as a, as a Hail Mary, because that's all they have. Uh, that's, that, that does happen, but fortunately not that often. But e even on a day-to-day -day -day level, you think about, you know, arguing with opposing counsel, writing a brief, you know, which is, to me, exciting, right? Or finding that, that case law that really supports your position. Yeah, so those are the little times during the day where you get to actually do your lawyer ring. Yeah, the lawyer ring, as right? As a verb. Yeah, but, but the reality yeah. is a lot of it is, you know, getting to know the clients, taking them out to lunch. Uh, and, I, and I like that. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, making them feel good about the case, talking about their kids, you know, talking about your kids. Uh, the administration, you know, making sure that they pay. That's part of it. Uh, making sure that your legal services agreements are, you know, tied up and, and done correctly and making sure that they're uh, updated all the time, sending out the bills at the right time, you know, and, and keeping up with the state bar and all the requirements associated with all these things. Very little of your time is spent lawyering 
to say nothing of the lawyering, the kind of lawyering that you like or that you imagine. Now, I was going to say, I was going to move on to the relationships, and that's very, very meaningful, too. Seven seconds a week. That's all I Yeah, get. that's all you get. <laughs> Uh, now, for me, it's 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 more than that. It's the more enjoyment. So, but but let's look at relationships because that's very important. You know, I'll be a little bit uh, I won't say graphic here, but to the point, so that people will understand what I'm talking about. You 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 know, sex. Uh, you know, let's say let's say you're to have sex once a day, okay? Which is a lot for most couples. Maybe in the very beginning of a relationship, you, you go at it for a really good time, and especially if you're really young. But at some point, especially if you're married, it doesn't happen every day. Okay. Yeah, I found that out but, the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say, let's say you're one of those couples that enjoys it once every, uh, once every other day. How about that? Okay. So, you know, sex can last anywhere between, you know, what, 15 minutes to half an hour, depending on, on how, you know, romantic and how involved you want to get. Great. Um, but what about the other, let's, let's just use half an hour. What about the other 23 and a half hours in that day? And for that matter, if it's every other day, whatever the other remaining 47 and a half um, hours in, in that two-day cycle, right? Complete waste. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, you better, do, you better find some joy in your mate other than just those 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, you better like the long walk on the beach in yes, the sunset. there you go. <laughs> Maybe a conversation. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not all about the sex boys. That's what I'm trying to say. And I am talking to the men mostly because women are more involved in this department for sure. They're more involved in the relationship. They want to maybe too involved in the sense of I want to know what you're feeling and all that stuff. Okay, that that bothers us a lot of times. That annoys us. You have to make me nauseous this early into the podcast. (laughs) But the point is you got to find something beyond just the sex. Um, You know, the ideal woman is, 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 let's say, somebody who's great in bed for sure. Uh, that that also understands you wants to do the same kind of things that you want to do. Whether for me to be mountain biking, right, and uh, uh, getting into great uh, conservative uh, thoughts and TV, and and going to see Dennis Prager speak and Mark Levin speak and all the great guys speak, uh, and 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 write books together. So that that would be cool, right? And it has five to six friends that. We can have sex with as well. <laughs> no, you are also conservative. <laughs> it's Mark Levin. <laughs> no, I'm not even talking about. Sw- oh my God! Leave it to Ari to just descend this podcast into something people really want to listen to. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, so here we go. Okay. So, so, but the point is, you you do have to look at other things beyond just that. And so, if if you were only to look at a relationship in terms of sex, right, using that half an hour framework that I just talked about. I think that's substantially less than 5% of a day, even if it's once a day, right, which it's usually not. So what do you do the rest of that, that time? It's, it's such a small percentage of your relationship. It's an important part, don't get me wrong. Uh, and it has lasting memories, of course, so hopefully. You know, you want to be able to look back and say, well, that was really fun. But, but still, it's got to be, you got to be able to trust your, your partner, you got to be able to laugh with your partner, you got to be able to share in interesting things, hopefully exercise together, hopefully have, you know, things that you have in common. And love And each love other. each other, right. Yes. They truly love each other. And, but, but a lot of that comes with the trust and the bonding and the, the similarities and the commonalities and such. But, um, but, but that's, that's a very good example of the, what we call the 5%, what we're calling the 5% rule now. Um, but <laughs> at this point, it's the point zero zero. Yeah, it's, right now, it's the transgender population of America percentage rule. 
of total pleasure, yes, right? Yes, <laughs> and enjoyment. That's true. And and you know, Disneyland's the same thing. Most of the time, you're in line. Yeah. Oh, right? I, I don't get it. Disneyland. Most of the time, the activity you're doing right. is the same activity people living in the Soviet Union spent their time <laughs> doing. Right. That's right. And it's all for thirty seconds. Right. Most rides are thirty seconds. Yeah. I think the longest rides are a minute. And uh, it, it, Disneyland is a very good example. You spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, but you remember with great affection the right. time being there with that person you were with, the children, right. the, the love. Yeah, you, know. uh, you better ha- you better get ready for good conversation because yeah. you, you're going to be in line for a long time. Now you can pay, of course, for the uh, for the upgrade so that you can go first in line or, or or save a lot of time. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I do that, by the way, not in Disneyland because it's way too expensive at Disneyland. But at some water slide parks, I like water slide parks, um, you, um, you can pay like $30 more for the whole day per person, of course, and you get in front of line. Awesome. Thank you. I'll take it, right? Um, Until hundreds of other people also pay for the no, same. No, but they don't. That, that's <laughs> yeah, the point. And exactly. I, I made this point to my son, <laughs> right. trying to ex- explain to him you know, how different we have it than a lot of other people. Yeah. Because he, he likes the water slide parks like I do. And, you know, I said, you know, uh, son, have you noticed that all these other people are waiting in line two hours for this ride that lasts 30 seconds? They they only last 30 seconds. And they're going to be there for, they have maybe three rides, four rides, if they're really lucky the entire day. Uh, And that's what they'll remember. You and I, we will have gone on 20, 25 rides because of our past that we paid extra $30 for. They know about the $30, but because $30 means so much to them that they can't even, uh, that they'd rather wait in line than to spend that $30. Well, they have to because that means food on the table, gas in yeah. the car. And then that's, that was a yeah. great epiphany for him to explain to him the difference between the way we live, which is, you know, we're not rich. Uh, we're comfortable, but I wouldn't call ourselves rich. Uh, and they, you know, and, and, and most of the rest of society, it's really quite, quite phenomenal. And there you just hit it, right? How you look at things, perspective equals happiness. Yeah. Because you know what, think about how, if you were just going to vacuum tube this life in a vacuum, what kind of lamentations, the things you just spoke about for the first few minutes of this podcast will lead to. Oh, my God. I get a seven-minute orgasm, which is all I want from in my marriage. Seven seconds, you mean? Seven seconds right. of orgasm, right? Per sexual act. Right. Times once a week or once a month or whatever it is. Extrapolated over so far in your marriage or mine over 15, 16 years, right? Right. My God, why am I in this thing, right? right yeah. Why am I doing Kill myself now, right? <laughs> right. But what makes you happy, yeah. besides a relationship with God, decent values, all that stuff, which is a prerequisite to being happy, is the perspective that I get to live in this day and age, in this time and place, in this civilization, compared, even, let's just take this civilization compared to what life was like 150 years ago. No electricity, no cars, you know, the drudgery. Yeah, imagine trying to keep floors clean in right. your house on this on this very spot in California uh, to live 150 years ago would be a miserable existence it would be impossible no water yeah <laughs> right well, I mean you, you would you make you, you would try to do what you could and you would have be relatively happy there too but uh, certainly life is uh, so much more pleasant I, I remember you know watching these videos not videos these um, documentaries and such or history you know reenactments 
when I was a kid, uh, 14, 15 years old, and they would talk about these men, usually men, that were so happy to die in battle. That would be glorious. That would be honorable to die in battle, right? And I thought, wow, dying, that's just, that's, that's got to suck. You know, it's, these guys are actually living. What, what, kind of, what kind of drug are they on or how they've been hypnotized to believe that dying would be somehow an acceptable uh, thing and, and even honorable? They, they sure have been brainwashed really good. And then I realized, no, they weren't brainwashed. The, their lives sucked. <laughs> and to the, it was really miserable. I mean, it, and to the point that when they, th- their choice of dying, it, dying was an, as an, it was an option to let them end their lives in an honorable way so that they could have some great memory. If they just died because of disease or something, well, gosh, where's the honor in that? But life sucked. So they wanted to die. They just wanted the right avenue of death and the right set of actions because they didn't want to die in battle. What they wanted to do is be part of the greater thing. You've talked before about the intergenerational commitment. Those building the cathedral is a tours is the biggest one. Yep, they made how this thing will not be ready for at least four hundred years. Yeah, and you're on step fifty, right? Yeah. So we're not laying foundation here, but we ain't put the cross on the top yet right, either, right? Yeah, right? yeah it's like, okay, and done. <laughs> but to know that some of my life was spent on this thing that would improve the lives of my countrymen. In a hundred years. A thousand years. In a thousand years. That's yeah. the that's the idea of dying in those battles in that, okay, yes, it's good to go out in blaze of glory rather than in the anonymity of the black death. Right. Okay, from a flea bite. <laughs> okay, fine. Right. Even if the spear in the gut hurt more than the flea bite, you know, well, both are probably excruciating, so let's leave that out of it for a second because life but is but painful but get, there. But, but the point, point is... If uh, you take like a movie like Braveheart, you know, the Battle of Sterling or Falkirk or something, and I died in the blaze of glory for the side of righteousness, for either side, doing what I did, thinking or knowing, doesn't matter, as long as I thought it, that my death would equal a sacrifice to make those I loved, the people I was related to or, or countrymen with, have a chance at a better life for freedom later. That's right, that's right. That's, that's what it's that's, about. That's exactly right. So that's perspective for you. And this, I guess it's all about perspective at the end of the day. But what do you do with the other 95%, right? Here's, here's the answer. I mean, I guess, I guess uh, Snow White uh, had it right, you know, that the, uh, the, the seven dwarves, right? Just whistle while you work. Find happiness in whatever it is you're doing during the 95%, 96, 97, whatever it is. We'll just say 95% as a placeholder for now. Find happiness in that. It's, there is great joy out there. There is meaning in everything you do. And, and here's how I find meaning, by the way. Um, you know, there's a Torah commandment that you shall think about God and your obligations to God and the joy of God when you wake up in the morning, when you walk along the way, when you're teaching your children, uh, when you're working, and everything else that you do, it's, it's a great joy. You find great wisdom in this, and more importantly, you find great joy in the knowledge of God and that God is with you. And it's not just watching you, but he's with you. He's, he's walking alongside you in a sense. And you can kind of talk to him as you go along about your day. God, help me make, understand this. I just, I, this, this friend of mine is so challenging, or this opposing counsel in my case is so challenging. How can, how can I 
do, do right by him and by my client at the same time? What, can, what, what is the best avenue? Huh? What is the right thing to do here? You, you know, and I, and, and yeah. then the, the answer very often comes, tell me that there's not joy in that, Ari. Of course there is. Well, I, I think that your example, and you do analogies and examples that are great all the time, your example there is almost too good in that that's a moment where there's challenge and interest. Right. Find me God in the boring and the mundane, right? Find me God in the peeling of carrots or the or the cutting of potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. It, now, it, the audience might go, well, is that? well, there is joy because... We have food past generations might not have. Right. What a gift. Yep. Right? right. I'm happy to do these dishes because it meant my family just had a meal. Now, in the 21st century, oh, boo-hoo, you had a meal. You could have gone to any number of thousands of restaurants within miles of you that you could afford. Right. Right Right now. You could drink whatever wine you wanted. Finish it with whatever nightcap or whiskey you wanted. Boy, what a recipe to get spoiled and miserable that actually is if you lose your damn perspective. Yep. You know? But the the challenge of dealing with a parent, a difficult parent, a difficult father, we let those – no, those are actually fun because as human beings, it gives us a puzzle to solve. Right. Yeah, that's so that's, interesting. It's yeah. the mundane where we need to search for God and take that joy. And you said something when we first started doing these podcasts. I started, you know, when you brought me aboard in your organization, allowed me to sully your workplace with my <laughs> presence. You said something to me that stuck with me. It's one of the great gifts. Hmm. If I'm ever speaking at your eulogy, well, bad news, it means you're dead. But right. I will be saying this in your honor, and I hope I don't bring you to tears. So don't be like a, you know, a sensitive pussy and start crying. Here, but I might start crying by saying this to you. You said to me, your favorite subject is God, right? Right. right. And I'm not a non-believer, right? Mm-hmm. But I said my favorite subject, my favorite subject is sex. <laughs> and then drugs and rock and roll, sex and sex and sex and sex, sex with the right person, sex with the wrong person, sex, sex, sex. Right. and that, uh, it, it totally reconfigured my life. And I like having my life reconfigured by certain people in the right way. Wow. God is more without God there is no sex. So you're right, Barack. Right. You're right, you're right, right. right. Yeah. And then as I oh ooh, crap, uh, favorite subject, God, he, there's a lot of stuff I'm doing that he doesn't he wouldn't want to see. Then I realized, right. oh, part of the challenge that you're saying that walk alongside you, and I heard someone else say this, and I thought this was an even more accurate way to marry the walk beside you. God is always there. Right. It's up to you. Us, me, you, all of us, to choose to be with him in the presence right, right then. Yeah. And and invite him into all of my actions, the mundane, the difficult, the interesting, the joyful ride, you know, on Space Mountain and the line at Disneyland, right? Yep. You know, the smiles on my faces after I've taken the their smiling, beaming picture after we got off of Space Mountain and the boring drive in traffic home. Right? Right. right. You know, and it's so added a new layer of brilliance to my life because of you and I will be saying about you this is the man who re-taught me re-reminded me that God is the most important relationship and thing possible in your life and if you make it that every moment joyful drudgery whatever is full of happiness and richness that's right even at you know that great line on the matrix it's there on your way to work. It's, mm-hmm. Remember, you know, mm-hmm. you see all there's something wrong and you, as you stand in line, as you pay your taxes, right? 
you know, God is there for you to be with at the DMV. Right. God is there to be with you when you listen to Rush Limbaugh or the Brock Lurie podcast. <laughs> um, you know, God is there with you when you cash your paychecks and when you pay your taxes. God is there with you when you fight off the Nazis and survive in a death camp and are victor- victorious against the terrorists, you know. So, so I, I, of course, I, and I agree, and thank you for the kind words. I, you know, you've taught me a lot. Don't as cry. Well. I, I promised. I promised I wouldn't cry. Good. Uh, look, and and really, that that it would be a lovely thing if somebody said that, whether it's you or somebody else. Yeah, I'll probably die before you, so uh, it probably won't be. Uh, who knows? <laughs> and that's uh, intentional. You'll see, you know. But but uh, you know, if someone were to say to me, the, his his favorite thing was God, and that was the first thing that came out of, of somebody's mouth about me. That is exactly what I would, would want anyone to say and about me. And taught someone else to make yeah. that is important too. But look, let's talk about finding joy along the way, right? So yesterday, it was just yesterday, but I do this all the time. And Ari, you've seen me in action in this. Uh, this is something that Dennis Prager and I have greatly in common. We have a lot of things in common. I, I, the thing we don't have in common is his brilliance and his wisdom. I, I, I am just Barack Lurie. But in terms of... The way he talks to people, that's me. You know, always joking around. This is way before I, I knew him. Uh, you know, I was always kind of like engaging with people in the elevator. You know, how you doing? You know, oh, that's cute. That's a that's really cool. You know, I would talk about the watch. You know, oh, that's a really cool watch. Whatever, whatever it is, engaging with people, saying, when I leave the elevator, I say, hey, everyone have a great weekend or have a great week, as the case may be. Shabbat shalom to Jewish friends and so forth. Um, but I found these opportunities. And, and yesterday... I was going, and, and we have a nice janitor here. I see him. He's always with a smile. And, uh, and, and he's taking care of the, the restroom, and he's just about to clean it up. And I was, I was, so we talked, and I, I'd seen him many times, and I said, hey, I'm Brooke. What's your name? And he, his name is James. And we started talking, and somehow it, it led to our, uh, the, the notion of children. What are we going to do this Christmas? That's what it was. And I'm going to take, uh, and he says his daughter's going to come. And, and uh, he, talk, he talked about how he had only one child, and I said, oh, maybe more one day. And he goes, oh, I'm really pushing it for it with my wife. I would really love to, to have another child. And I said, oh, the same story. We started talking about it, and I helped him coach. <laughs> I coached him a little bit, hopefully with, with success one day, whereby maybe they, they might have another child. So, And it, it was a great joy, Ari. This, and that wouldn't have happened but for the fact that I'm in a, in a work environment, in an office building, and there's uh, you know a, a gentleman who's a janitor for that office building, and in that moment, he and I were just you know one and the same. He happened to be a janitor, I happened to be a lawyer, but for the moment, we're eye to eye, and we are exactly the same thing. We are both creatures of God's making, and that's that, nothing more. And it really was it was it's a delight to connect. And do you think that was a happy moment for me? You bet. Do you think it's something that I expected in law school? No. <laughs> but here I am. I'm finding joy and making happiness and meaning in my day-to-day life. And you can all do it. We can all do this. It's just not hard. Uh, there's, there's a car accident, let's say. And this happened about a, a year ago near here, near this building. I saw a car accident. And I, I, I had a sense that the woman who hit this, this other woman, this the victim, uh, in, a, in her own car, uh, might peel away. So I quickly raced over and I gave my information. I said, I saw everything. Call me if you need me. And uh, sure enough, she needed me. 
And this was a, you know, I felt joy in the sense that I'm able to help somebody, first of all. I'm also participating in justice. Uh, it's the right thing to do. I, I was very happy about that, right? Um, you feel joy, I know, Ari, when you, you were able to connect with somebody. You were able to help Ted Cruz. You know, you, you worked with him at some point. And, and you heard words of, of his coming out of his mouth that were your words, your and your wife's words. What did you say? You said that freedom matters, right? Which is a beautiful phrase. But these are the kinds of things that are really very powerful. And, and you speak to people along the way, like, like your neighbor. You, you, you talked to a couple of podcasts ago. You, you had a neighbor who was very pro-Hillary uh, or whatever, was very liberal. But you got to, to get her thinking. You germinated in her brain at some point. Um, don't tell me that doesn't make you happy. I know it does. So... We are, we're, we're rowing in a boat, as it were, and we need to get from point A to point B. And that, that journey that we're all on has to be a journey of meaning, and it, it depends on how well we row. Yeah, and I'd like to, you have no idea how accurate that is in, in a very odd way, or mythological. First of all, back to what you were saying and all those little anecdotes, what they have in common is you're not going into those situations saying, I'm doing this for me. I'm going to go talk to that janitor because I'm going to have a good right, time exactly doing it. Right. No, you're, and this is key, right. you're going in there trying to give him a good day. Right. That's right. You're taking pleasure in, I made him smile. I made him happy with uh, working with Senator Cruz. It's I hope I made him more successful and more happy and, and jogged his mind in ways that made him have a, a joyful moment of intellectual uh, delving or something like that. Right. Uh, I get pleasure making people happy. Rowing in the boat, yes. But, okay, everyone, you're rowing down the river Styx. Mm -hmm. And the angel of death, Charon, if you know your mythology, is the oarsman. No one gets out of here alive. The key is, can you make anyone else happy on the way? Yeah, that's right. Okay? That's right. And can you laugh at death as you're doing it? Right. Because life, by definition, is loss. You're born, and second by second, you're losing all the time of your life. It's just running away from you, yeah. and there's no way to stem that leak, no way at all. Right. And you're sure to lose your body, your mind, your sexual functionality. That's why I'm obsessed with sex. I just want to use as much of it <laughs> while the plumbing works, okay? It, it, seriously. Oh, man. And, but, but that's the key, right? When someone dies, right. it, your soul is still there. Just every part of your body has finally reached critical and broken, right? Right? Yep. And you eat your veggies, you know, Trump, hoping to make it last longer. I eat, I devour beast because for me it makes me think I'm lasting longer. And, uh, you know, whatever. We have a disagreement there. Fine, whatever. But the point is we're trying to get out of that river journey from one end to death with as much joy as possible for ourselves by giving as much joy to others. And what? you get rewarded along the way the more you do it. And in the end, in the end, what the what it, it kind of begs the question: What is the bigger joy? The joy that you have skiing, for example, because that's what we started off with, or seeing others benefit 
uh, by, by doing their own skiing. Like you, like you might bring your kids one day to discover skiing, let's say. Let's say that's important to you. And you discover them smiling as they do so. Or golfing for you, because I know you like golfing. Yeah. And you bring out your, your beautiful daughters to golf. And they do the first swing and they say, Daddy, I did it, I did it. That's right. Tell me that that's not more joyful than you getting a hole-in-one for that's yourself. Right. That's exactly it. Right. Or riding Space Mountain is great. Taking your kid on it for the first time? Yeah. I can't wait. Right. I'm so one thing about that is my older daughter is finally tall enough. So right. the next time we go to Disneyland, she will ride Space Mountain for the first time. And I can't wait to see her right. face when it's over. Now, knowing my luck, she'll be screaming, I'm scared. Right? right, <laughs> okay? right. Yeah. That was awful. Right. Uh, and I'll laugh at that, too. But the point is, that's what we're after. And one of the reasons I put such an emphasis on sex right. is because... That is the ultimate version. What can be? What better gift than you, can you give someone than the gift of life? Right. Creating someone, right? And I mean, there's an article by uh, uh, the Bob Hamilton dude who we mentioned a couple podcasts back right. in the Wall Street Journal, where he's basically saying that yep, thing. That's right. You know. Yep. So. The the sex is yes for me, but I love to say to my wife. But more than that. It's for you and others who we <laughs> right. haven't even met yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Well, look, the, the great joy in, in, in sex, in fact, I, this is a big part of my book, my upcoming book. Uh, and, and there's a chapter about the intensity of sex, which is interesting because we, I mean, we, could, we could have a whole other podcast on this and we should have another whole podcast on this. But I'll just say this, that the intensity of it is so interesting. Like why... Why isn't it just as interesting, just as uh, pleasurable as having, you know, for, for you and I, we love cappuccinos, right? So, and, you know, with the right kind of almond milk and the right kind of mix that we talked about before, that is heavenly to us, right? Well, isn't that good enough to get you to, uh, if the, it, wouldn't that pleasure, that level of pleasure be enough to hop on the sack with with a, a woman, right, in with order to procreate, you know, for the purpose, <laughs> if the purpose is to to create a baby, right, and and be fruitful and multiply, well, that's good enough. That's plenty of pleasure, right? Ah, that the wonderful feeling of cappuccino in the morning, and a really good one too, uh, or whatever it might, might that floats your boat, uh, having a great swing and golf, and we've seen that that beautiful arc of the golf ball or me mountain biking down the hill, great, okay. And, and as I say in my book, isn't this a little overkill, like like a hand grenade to kill a mosquito? Do we really need this much intensity such that we are thinking about sex so obsessively? You know, uh, on the average, it's I think it's once every hour for every man and once every hour and a half for a woman. That little? Yeah, well, I know. But it, but that's still a lot when you think about it. And then the billboards throw this at you, and it's, it's, it's all around us, advertising and so on. So what, and the, and I'm getting to the the long-winded point, which is the reason why it's so intense is because we're participating in the act of creation. We are able to become one when it's truly with somebody that that is uh, somebody that we truly love and we're in a deep relationship with. That's what that's the reason why it's so intense. It's a great gift to us. To it's a it's an avenue to connect with God. Right. It's for two of you or. Both in my case, yeah. hopefully five or six of us, <laughs> so, <laughs> to connect with God all together, to choose to be with God together. Right. That's what it is. But yeah. it's, it's that bonding. Uh, and th- there's a reason why uh, every Christian faith and, uh, and Judaism as well really encourages uh, sex only in the, in the context of marriage and that you continue and with your on. friends. 
<laughs> Will you stop it already? No. Jesus, I will never stop. I cannot work under these conditions. This isn't work. Uh, this is where is that? Where the union rules must have something against this. Uh, but anyway, so that that's the point, it's, and it's it's about joy. And at, at the end of the day, your 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 joy is the joy of of making other people's lives better, right? Uh, the classic example of that is the teacher. Right, who who just gets so much joy out of seeing their teachers learn, their their students learn how to read for the first time. Little Johnny now understands the concept of multiplication for the first time. Uh, same thing with firemen and the policemen. And they, they were they, the eye doctor who gives sight to somebody. Who, yeah, what a great yeah, thing, right? Like uh, you know, and, and to a lesser extent, but still to some extent, the lawyer who is able to rectify a wrong. Uh, somebody who was really screwed out of uh, you know a huge amount of money. Uh, or lost his property to foreclosure wrongfully. Yeah, or you know. wrongly imprisoned and is oh, bingo. Yeah, yeah, good example. Uh, so there's there's a lot of great joy in that. And I think that's part of the reason why I like being a lawyer is that I, I, I participate in justice and rectifying wrongs. I've got, I don't know, four or five decisions now that are published decisions. I, I don't control that, by the way, but they're, they're just, they happen to be part of uh, the judicial jurisprudence now. Uh, people talk, uh, when they cite a case to support their argument, they cite a case that was mine. Yeah, Lurie argued. Yeah, X. exactly right. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a great honor to be part of that system. But again, it's all about giving to others at the end of the day that makes things great. I remember when I was um, at a water, water slide park, again, there's the water slide park, right? I love it so much. Uh, it was Raging Waters here near Los Angeles. And we just had a great time. My two older kids and, and I, we were just having a blast. And for some reason, there were very few people in the park. And it was great. Um, and I saw the kids having a great time. And I just said, you know, I'm just going to stand by here at the bottom of the slide. And, you know, we're going to just have a good time. Uh, you, you guys can keep on going round and round because it was it was one of those moments where you didn't have to wait in line anymore. Yeah. Right. And they were just laughing and sharing and and being silly with each other. And they said, "No, I, that was awesome. I think I went as faster than before." And they were just really friendly. And and on the way back, I said, "Who do you think had a better time? You guys going down the slide over and over again, enjoying laughing like that, or me?" Watching you guys having a good time. Watching your greatest creations, what? treating each other well. and Yeah, what, what you, I, didn't, I didn't use that adjective. I, I just said, just, I, just, I left it objectively. Who do you think had a better time? And they said, why, we did, of course, because we're one, the ones sliding and we're the ones having a good time. And we're, you decided to, you know, kind of lay low a little bit of a while. And I said, nope, uh, it was me. I had a lot, I had a lot more fun yeah. than you guys did. And I'm glad you guys had fun, but I, I enjoyed it. Seeing you have great fun. Yeah, your style is so different than mine because I'd be, no, I'd be like, lie, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then they would cry. They would cry. Okay, but back to the point of the 95%. Uh, it is truly, it, it shouldn't be, it, it depends how you define the 5%, right? Going back to the skiing thing, from the very beginning of, of this podcast, we were talking about how uh, that... You know, all the, the effort it took to do the chains and the driving up and such like that. The preamble. The preamble and all the that aria. stuff. You can look at it as we did, that you're really only 3% in that case actually skiing, right? But you decide to make it fun to drive up. 
bring a friend with you, listen to some good tunes, or maybe listen to some podcasts of the Broccoli podcast, for example. With the obnoxious, sorry, David, please share this with all your friends. <laughs> That's right. I throw that in there. Yeah, but, you, but you, this is an opportunity to learn, right? So yeah. through the drudgery, as it were, you can learn something. You can take something out of this. Uh, and then, and then have some, uh, you know, great food along the way. Uh, tell a cute joke here or there. Play a game with your buddies. Some, suddenly, it's not really a skiing trip. It's a trip where you experience life. Yeah, it's an adventure. Yeah, and skiing is forms. only part yeah. of it. And and the riding up of of the ski lift, that's the time that you that you converse with your buddies. And if you don't have a buddy with you, you you converse with a stranger who's right next to you. Hopefully he's right. he's receptive. Hey, I like your skis. Very cool. Where'd you get that? Oh man, that's great. I'm not as good as you are, looks. <laughs> but uh, what, what do you recommend for this? How right. long have you been and doing this? What about this? the view from the chairlift? Yeah. Right? What about the nature, the mountains, the clean air, yeah. the crispness? I mean, if you choose to take the bean counter's view right. and spreadsheet it, if you will, and go, well, I'm only skiing the transgender population percentage. Right. Why do this at all? You know, you can talk yourself out of anything. That's right. You know, and so talk yourself straight into the hell of misery yeah. forever. Right. I, I, I see I see many attorneys, attorney, and this is my profession after all. I see many attorneys get burnt out and they just say, This is just too much for me. It's too it's too aggravating. I just can't stand the yelling and the screaming and all that stuff. And and I just say, Look, it's all it's all depending on you. You can d- decide to be affected by it for one thing, or you can laugh at it. And then just and learn from it in the process. I choose the latter, and that's why I, I've been quite happy uh, in in the legal profession. And I think it's allowed me to be allowed me to be a pretty decent lawyer. Um, it also allows me to be a better husband, a better family, you know, father and family man, and and I think citizen generally speaking. So by and large, you know what you know how much uh, I'm happy, close to 100 percent. Just about everything I'm doing, I'm finding fun in doing. Of finding meaning in doing it's just different. So, right now, yes, I do like I look forward to the mountain biking, but that's part of the process of why I work so I can so that I can mountain bike as well. And then I mountain bike and I I look forward to the Monday, where I where I will have a, a good interesting discussion with clients and one my fellow colleagues here in the office, and we get things done. And this podcast is almost over. I'm going to leave your office and. Very few people got hurt today. <laughs> That's true. For this week. That's true. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this one. Make sure to share this podcast with as many people as possible. We are, we are really hoping and we know we will expand this podcast way beyond. It's, it's, it's done so well. We've been together now, what, for four or five years, if, if not more? Six. No way. All right. So six yeah. years. And it's been growing really nicely and it's been getting a lot of attention. So let's keep it up. Uh, but we need your help and your support. Uh, Barack Lurie signing off saying God bless. And we'll talk with you next week.